Greetings and welcome to Unsupervised Learning. I'm Daniel Meisler, and this is a weekly show that brings you the most interesting content in InfoSec, technology, and humans. The idea is to curate around three to five hours of weekly reading into a 15 to 30 minute summary. The goal is to have you caught up on current events, tell you about the best content from around the web, and hopefully give you something to think about as well. You can get the companion newsletter with all the show notes and links at danielmesor.com newsletter. All right, welcome to episode 93. Going to start as always with InfoSec. Looks like the issue that led to the Equifax leak was an Apache struts issue, which I think we knew that, but looks like there was a window of opportunity to fix it and it was not taken for whatever reason. And the CIO and the CSO have been encouraged to explore other opportunities, which they have done. They are basically out, forced to step down, <clears throat> retire, whatever, basically fired. There's uh, been a lot of focus on the fact that the CSO had a music degree. And a lot of people are saying that's why, you know, this happened, you know, how could she let this happen or whatever. And uh, as I wrote about in the post that I have linked here, I think it's largely irrelevant uh, if she had a music degree, right? It, would it be bad if she wasn't qualified? Yes, of course. Um, and I actually wrote up like a flow chart, like if qualified, hire. If not qualified, don't hire. And then in a completely separate diagram, there's if music degree doesn't matter. If not music degree also doesn't matter, right? And that, that's the best way to think about this. Not only that, but Actually, if you look at InfoSec and you look at creativity in general, there tends to be a, I don't know, at least anecdotally, a, a pretty strong correlation with musical talent. So who's to say that uh, this didn't actually help uh, in some cases, right? Maybe it made this person a better security person. Who knows? No, nobody really knows how good of a security person she was. Um, you know, what are the reasons for for this being missed? Nobody knows any of this stuff. And like I talk about it in the post, basically you don't um, you don't look smart when you have strong opinions about stuff you have no idea of, right? Um, it comes from the intelligence community. Uh, it's a little piece of wisdom. Basically, you don't argue strongly uh, about the politics or dynamics around events when you're talking to someone who has access to the classified information and actually knows what happened, right? So when you're on the outside and you have no idea what's going on internally, we don't know the politics, we don't know the skill sets, we don't know the conditions, the situation, we don't know anything about it. We're just on the outside making fun of people's music degrees. It's ridiculous. Next one, eight vulnerabilities were revealed in Bluetooth, which are collectively, of course, being called Blueborn, and it's got a logo, of course. So um, some of these allow for RCE and others are less severe. They affect nearly all versions of Android and Windows, which means literally billions of devices. And iOS 10 is not vulnerable, 
which accounts for about 89% of iOS devices as of September 6th. So about 11% of iOS devices are iOS 9 or earlier, but most are patched against this. Uh, but Android and Windows and Linux in general, actually, you need to definitely patch for this. Microsoft has put out patches for numerous issues, including for a serious RCE flaw in .NET. And someone actually found the attack uh, based on this, or an attack based on this, being used by the FinSpy commercial spyware product, which is also called Wingbird. Most people don't need to worry about that because it's commercial software, but still interesting to uh, see this stuff get weaponized like we saw with the NSA stuff as well. Gartner says attacks against Android have increased by 40% in Q2. And evidently a lot of that is due to increased adoption of mobile banking on Android. Not a good mixture in my opinion. Facebook has been creating audiences that match things like Jew hater and similar extremist viewpoints, and then selling ads against those tightly optimized audiences. People are wondering, like, what evil would be possible with Facebook having all this data and being so good at data science? Well, that's your answer. You can now create extremely, you know, highly optimized audiences for hate groups, and then sell ads against those. So you were wondering what that evil looks like. That's exactly what the evil looks like. South Park's season premiere purposely invoked Alexa multiple times for I'm guessing like tens of thousands of people. No idea, but probably a lot. It's funny this time, right? But there'll be a lot of the versions of this type of thing where it won't be funny at all. Like changing the temperature in millions of homes at the same time and potentially overwhelming like power plants, uh, making purchases, opening doors, garages, turning on and off appliances, whatever. Uh, probably a lot worse uh, as time goes on. And with uh, some exceptions, consumer routers continue to be a security dumpster fire there's a new cluster of issues in some D-Link routers ranging from RCE to the standard fare of things like hard-coded credentials, weak update mechanisms, that kind of stuff. It's kind of like we're not even trying. Patching, we got Blueborn, the Bluetooth stuff. We got Flash, a bunch of Flash vulnerabilities, first time for everything. Cold Fusion. Got the Microsoft.NET RCE vulnerability and some other stuff. And a bunch of stuff with D-Link routers. So um, that's patching for this week. Technology news. Apple released its iPhone 10. It's not an iPhone X. It's, it's a Roman numeral, so it's a 10. John Gruber said he hates Roman numerals and it should be called X. I think most people are going to call it X and I'm going to do my best not to hate their faces when they do that. It's uh, kind of ridiculous to feel strongly about it, be pedantic about it. I'm, I'm too old to be pedantic about things. Like I should have 
Like after 25, you're not allowed to do that anymore. But anyway, it's iPhone 10, just like it was OS 10. It's now Mac OS, but anyway, it's iPhone 10, not X. And um, I'm pretty much a complete Apple acolyte in, in most cases. Like I, I do throw them a lot of shade when they deserve it, but I also really like most of their stuff. Um, I've been camping for the iPhone for nine years. This will be my 10th. So starting in the very beginning. But I can't help but notice for this release for the iPhone 10, which I'll probably call X accidentally because of Murphy's law. But um, can't help but notice that the main features, right? So edge to edge display, wireless charging, and facial authentication have all been out for like months or even years from other vendors. So what I find so interesting about this is that it's probably still going to completely dominate the market, not because of it having features that other phones didn't. <clears throat> the first iPhone definitely did it, changed the whole industry. But um, since, I don't know, five years ago, like the Asian manufacturers have just been jumping way, way ahead, right? And as I wrote about here in... 2007, this, I think this was right before the iPhone came out, the first one. The magic with Apple is often in implementation rather than the feature count, right? So I expect the same thing to happen with the iPhone 10, especially around facial authentication. So I think what's going to happen is it'll feel like Apple invented it, even though they clearly did not. Basically, sometimes it's about being first, but more often than not, it's about being the first to do it well. And I think that's what they're about to do. HP has unveiled an unholy Z8 workstation of Doom. It's got up to 28 cores and three terabytes of memory. Although I did see that, or here, that fully loaded, it might be like $40,000. So. That's um, a bit of a downer. I, I think it's probably less than that for um, the base model, but the base model, I don't know, still seems pretty cool. I feel like HP is doing some cool stuff. It's um, where I was before, um, before the split, but um, yeah, interesting stuff. Dropbox moved off of AWS, and I think we're about to see a lot more companies doing the same. It's kind of like a pendulum swing type issue, right? We, we went heavy swinging towards the cloud side and now we're kind of correcting back towards the center. I actually have a number of customers in, in a lot of different industries actually that are pulling back from AWS and even from Azure just because of cost. I'm not sure that's gonna work out for them because obviously there's cost to trying to run it internally as well, especially around team and are you organized enough? Do you have the security or whatever? Not like you don't need the security in AWS, but, but I'm not sure that the calculation is, is being done correctly. But uh, for a lot of people, it, it does depend on the business. And for a lot of people, it is extremely expensive to be in the cloud. So I guess 
on paper if you're not super careful about it, or maybe even if you are, it does make sense to come internally. But uh, we should expect, I think, to see these swings keep happening until things stabilize, which is basically never. And Starbucks will update its wireless chargers remotely. They won't have to do a recall so that they'll support the Qi standard and be able to support the iPhone 8 and iPhone 10 pretty soon in whatever um, stores have the wireless chargers. That's pretty cool. Although I don't normally hang out in stores that have it for some reason, even though I'm in the Bay Area. Hopefully that will change soon. And in fact, probably iPhone 8 and iPhone 10 will probably make that change. They'll probably put it in a lot more stores. Human news. The Cassini spacecraft fell into Saturn on Friday morning, ending a flawless 20-year mission in space. I think it was 13 years to get there and seven years circling the planet. This is a planet millions of miles away from us. And they predicted the exact moment they would lose radio contact down to within a few minutes. It was just truly unbelievable. And a new study has given support to the extreme male brain theory of autism, which says that autistic boys and girls have, are basically exhibiting extreme versions of male traits like systematic versus empathic thinking and some other stuff. So they tested lots of different boys and girls and found that autistic children of both genders had hyper-masculinized faces, which is, has something to do with like the distance between like nose and mouth or something, uh, wh whatever, they, they've got, it's science, you know, just science, just, they scienced it. Um, but anyway, the findings were consistent with this male brain theory. Uh, there's some pushback against it. They're, they're calling it um, neurosexism. A, a lot of groups are calling it neurosexism, trying to claim that there are differences in boys and girls, uh, especially in the brain. Uh, I think that that's kind of, um, I think that's a little bit silly. And I, I think there's a lot to the science. Um, it doesn't sound like this is fully baked yet, but it looks like it's, uh, gaining evidence on its side. Large new study of 7,985 adults over 45 years old showed a significantly higher chance of death among those who were sedentary. The recommendation was to break up sedentary periods with periods of activity. And as I was writing the sentence, I'm like, well, yeah, when you put it that way, sounds, uh, Sounds pretty obvious. So I think we already knew that being sedentary is bad. And the solution for being sedentary is not being sedentary. Um, so in other news, there will be weather tomorrow. All right. When Seattle raised the minimum wage, it made restaurants find different ways to pass the costs on to customers. Evidently, there's a whole bunch of different downsides that came from raising the minimum wage in Seattle. I haven't seen 100% if it's like definitely bad or if it's like some mix of good and bad, which I expect. But evidently, there's quite a bit of negative. And of course, the whole world is, or the whole country is looking at that to see if it's useful, see if they want to adopt it as a policy. 
But uh, one of the ways that the restaurants are evidently transferring this cost back or, or doing something negative in return is cutting corners around their hygiene. So just being nasty. I don't know if it means with food or restrooms or what, but sounds bad. A Stanford study has found that 99% of microbes in our blood have never been seen before or classified. That's a, it's a high number, 99%. Facial recognition is about to go mainstream in the US because of the iPhone 10, but China has been doing it for years. So they actually use it for <clears throat> discouraging people from doing things that they don't want in their society. So they take pictures of jaywalkers and they put them up on giant screens. Um, and I guess they mail them a bill, uh, a bill as well or something. I don't know. But um, and it dawned on me that we also do this in the U.S., um, but only to like make it so you don't fight the ticket. So they're not actually identifying you, well, as far as we know. But... Um, or at least not algorithmically, right? They're just saying, this is your car, it's your license plate, and it kind of looks like you. So don't come to court and fight it because you're stupid. Um, but evidently, they're actually matching it with a person and uh, and doing things with that. Oh, so here's a, here's a crazy, another example. You're in the restroom and you use too much toilet paper. It takes a picture of your face. I'm like, where's the camera? Why is it only seeing the face? Like, this is weird. That's China for you. Price changes in U.S. consumer goods and services from 1997 to 2017. This is a really cool graphic. Um, and I got a recommendation to check out this site. I can't remember the name of it. Um, but it, it's one of these data viz sites with a whole bunch of statistics and combined with visualizations. But... Um, yeah, the spoiler for this one is college and education cost way more. Childcare and healthcare cost a lot more. Housing, food, and transportation are up somewhat. And software and tech gadgets are way less expensive. Really good visualization on this stuff. Daniel Kahneman, author of Thinking Fast and Slow, has been called out on a, in a blog post about his use of a number of studies on social priming in his book uh, that have evidently got like really low reproducibility. So a reproducibility index is like the, the quality of a study basically. And social sciences have been getting a bad rap recently because they've been making all these claims based on an air quote study or whatever. And, uh, then when other people try to replicate it, like it's just not possible. So the, the hard sciences and, and the media and, you know, just regular people are basically saying, you know, this is trash. This is garbage. It's not real. Um, it, it's basically giving social science a really bad name. So Daniel Kahneman is like super respected. I think he got a Nobel prize for this, if I'm not mistaken. And it's just like a super top selling book. So this guy writes this blog post and says, look, all these studies on social priming that you used actually have a really low reproducibility index. And like, 
a little bit farther down in the blog, he responds in the comments and he's basically like, yep, my bad. I should have known better. And it's, it's weird. You see the author just show up in a blog post um, in the comments and it wrote like this really long, like multi-page thing. It was pretty cool. But uh, social priming, by the way, is the theory that subtle cues can significantly and subconsciously influence human behavior. So you can basically prime someone. And then when something happens to them later, uh, subconsciously, they will make a decision in one direction based on the, on, on the cue and the prime that you primer that you gave them. And, uh, there's been a bunch of studies on it. And of course he put them in his book. Um, he would, he did point out that he believes it's still true. He does believe in the science and that it is solid, but basically made a major mistake by believing too much in, in small studies that, that weren't, uh, I guess they were peer reviewed, but they, they weren't like super substantiated within the, within the community. Ideas, a rudimentary threat model for password versus touch ID versus face ID. So I did this after the announcements. It's basically how to determine your most important threat scenarios and then determine which authentication controls are best for you. So rather than say, oh, I think I need this or I think I need that, because different controls are good for different people based on what they do and what they worry about. Like, what does your attacker look like? What do they typically do. Like if you're worried about shoulder surfing, that's different than being worried about a jealous, like, um, boyfriend or girlfriend. Right. And if you worry about snatch and grab, that's different than, you know, worrying about a state actor getting your phone. Right. So these different, Oh, the other one is like, uh, law enforcement getting access to your device and, uh, forcing you to unlock it by showing it your face right? Or showing your face to it or whatever. So the, the point is you, you, I made a list of scenarios and you have to pick which scenarios you care about the most. Those have weights on the various controls, um, passcode, touch ID and face ID. And then you multiply the, the, um, the weight of the scenario one, two, and three against the, the strength of the control. And then you add those up and you basically say, all right, I could tell you that based on your, your um, priorities of these various scenarios, combined with the strength of these controls, here is the, um, the control that you should use. You know, you should use password because you're worried about law enforcement or you should use face ID and touch ID because they can't be shoulder surfed and you spend a lot of time in coffee shops, right? So it's a really cool, um, I mean, it, it's raw, but it, it's a cool exercise in showing people who aren't familiar with threat modeling that it's not just about a control and how strong it is. You can't really answer how strong a control is unless you can also ask the question, who's attacking it and how? And that's why threat modeling is so important. Next idea, how to tell if you should hire an InfoSec person with a music degree. And this is my essay on why it's ridiculous to filter people based on formal education in InfoSec. And uh, this has been getting a lot of social traffic. Um, 
I think I wrote it on Saturday, so might get some more uh, more traffic on Monday. But uh, this is yeah, this is the thing about the Equifax thing and the music degree. I just don't think it's that important, and I wrote a piece about it. Next one: What if attackers pivot from ransom to extortion? This one's crazy. Like I was, I was a little worried about even writing this down. It's basically exploration of an idea where attackers can switch strategy from instead of ransoming like SMBs and, you know, medium-sized companies or even enterprises and saying, you know, if you don't give me money, if you don't give me Bitcoin, I'm going to delete this data and you'll never get access to it. Well, there's a solution to that. The solution is have good backups and then you don't care if they delete it. In fact, you can just delete it yourself and then do a cleanup and you're good to go. Restore from backup. Well, what if instead they said, hi, you are a high trust company because you're a bank or you're a whatever, a credit union or an investment company. And I just pulled all this customer data. So instead of deleting this data, because you might have good backups, I am going to send the data to the following journalists, or I'm going to put it on Pastebin and put it all over Twitter. So basically, I'm going to harm your company if you don't give me this Bitcoin. Instead of saying, I'm just going to delete the data. Now, it's, it's harder and it's more dangerous because you're going to make people more angry and law enforcement will get involved faster, I think. But there are a lot of companies that would pay this because of how dangerous this would be to them right? Because it's attacking the core of, you know, a bank or a credit union to, to basically say to customers that they don't know how to secure their data. So I think this could be potentially nasty. I did think before I wrote it, because I'm like, am I really giving someone an idea? Should I not be talking about this publicly? But um, I think it's definitely one of the cases where if I'm thinking of it, it's already being thought about, it's already being done. Uh, in all truth and all likelihood, it's already being done. So I think um, the reason I'm talking about it is because defenders should hear it uh, because the attackers already know about it. I don't see how that could not be the case. Uh, Next idea, the most important skill you can cultivate. This is an essay by Andre Karankovic about developing resilience as a life strategy. Really good piece. Highly recommend it. Discovery. Um, Godel, Asher, and Bach, A Mental Space Odyssey. And this is a one-hour video presented by an MIT math senior on Godel, Asher, and Bach, which is basically, um, well, I won't go into it. You should you should watch the link. It's uh, it's pretty good. Got a story here from 1999 where Palestinians refused to adopt air quote Zionist daylight savings time, and <clears throat> it actually caused some confusion about what time it was. And as a result, two bombs that they were transporting uh, went off an hour early and killed the attackers. These bacteria hide in tumors and consume chemotherapy drugs. 
that is the most messed up bacteria I've ever heard of. The front-facing camera on the iPhone 10 is basically a Microsoft Connect. So if you remember the Connect, it was the Microsoft uh, product that was, people really liked the functionality. I don't think it succeeded as a gaming system, but it was really good technically. And that's essentially what the iPhone 10 is with the front-facing camera and the 3D stuff. It's just way more advanced and uh, focused on just the face. But it's basically a 3D depth camera. Uh, I've not read it yet, but the Broken Earth book trilogy is evidently fantastic. Uh, Hugo winner two years in a row, and the third book just came out. And I'm bumping this way up to the top of my list. So I'll be starting the first book soon. Writing prompts. This is a Reddit sub that gives you super interesting prompts for a short story or even a novel. And uh, it makes you actually realize how bad writing is like in, in uh, mainstream movies. Cause like this, um, the one I'm linking to here is basically a writing prompt. It says that you're the most powerful villain in the, in the universe. And um, you have the, the hero that you fight. Um, you've come to really enjoy fighting this hero. Like you don't want to kill them because you just enjoy the fight so much. Um, but one time uh, you get, you get thrown in jail. You can't get out and you realize that um, your hero is about to be attacked by a, a villain, another villain that is way more powerful than the hero. And the hero is probably not going to survive. What do you do? And um, that's the writing prompt. So it prompts you to write something about it. Um, I've done a couple of these just for fun and wrote like, you know, 10 paragraphs or something. Just, um, <clears throat> just to stretch. I mean, this is a an athletic exercise for the brain, for creativity. Um, just pump out 10 paragraphs on a three sentence prompt and it's, uh, it's really enjoyable. And, um, it's a good subreddit to subscribe to. Uh, the most male and female occupations since 1950. Really, really interesting. This is another visualization from one of those sites. I think the most male was carpenter. Can't remember what the most female was. I think it might've been, I think it might've been like home care or something. I, I, um, it was something service industry related, but anyway, it, it's a whole um, blob of circles and there's a whole bunch in the middle, obviously. And then you got the extreme ones on the left and right. Oh, they also do some cool analytics on over the course of time, which ones have completely inverted, right? They used to be all female and now they're all male or mostly male. And they used to be mostly male and now they're mostly female. So really, really cool stuff. The reason today's kids are bored at school, feel entitled, have little patience, and few real friends. Normally, I hate these articles or dislike. I don't like to say hate. Normally, normally I really dislike these articles, but this one was really on point. I think it was solid. 
it made its case really clearly. And uh, yeah, I think uh, these seem to be problems. It, it's kind of on the vein of like, I, I don't know, is it millennials raise, raising kids right now? I guess it is. I guess it's millennials raising kids. Because a lot of people think millennials are the kids who are like 10 or 5 or 10 or whatever, 15. They're not. That's that's the next gen, which I think is Z. Um, the millennials are actually the ones raising kids now. And um, yeah, this has got some pretty uh, pretty damning stuff in there. Right? I'm not one of these people who like thinks millennials are bad. I think on the whole, millennials are going to be way better than uh, a number of generations uh, because they're more environmental. They less trusting of authority. Um, I, I think there's going to be a lot of positive, but this thing on uh, parenting is quite interesting. Hack is a typeface designed for source code. going to pay for that and download it and use it. Whitelisting Cloudflare using IP tables. This is a post that I did a few days ago. Deprecated Linux networking commands and the replacements. That was somebody's piece. Pretty cool. What's new in IDA 7.0 and testing for SSRF. Notes this week. Uh, I've changed the settings on my newsletter signup on the website. A lot of people ping me and they're like, why does this thing keep popping up? It's annoying. I made the text smaller so it's not as big and annoying. I also tried to change the settings so that it doesn't pop up for people who've already subscribed or already done whatever. I mean, I thought I already had it on that setting. Um, I also made it so it doesn't pop up all the time after like a minute, which is what it was doing before. Um, I have it so only when you go to leave, which I, I tend to hate those as well. But the point is, if you go to the website and you X out of it or you sign up, it, it puts a cookie in the browser and you shouldn't get prompted anymore. It doesn't prompt you on mobile either. I mean, that, that's just super annoying. But um, if, if the thing is still bothering you, let me know. Um, I've talked to the developers about the thing being annoying as well and uh, trying to get it addressed because uh, I do want people to sign up for the newsletter, but I also hate having, uh, hate going to sites that are annoying with uh, a pop-up that won't go away or where it's too loud and obnoxious or whatever. So if you're seeing an issue, let me know. Uh, I don't see myself getting another iPad anytime soon, especially with the new iPhone, uh, the iPhone 10, which I'm definitely going to be getting. Uh, I just, I, I like the iPhone for drawing, but I, I don't see how I can justify doing that enough, especially if I get into calligraphy in the analog sense. Um, but the iPhone X screen being so large, I, I feel like it'll be a happy time to get rid of the iPad. It's one more device to manage, charge. It's also another device that gets old. I'd rather not have a device that I feel like I need to upgrade. So I'll probably give that away or sell it or something. Uh, yeah, I experienced the strongest sense of anthropomorphism in a long time with the death of the Cassini probe. See how I called it death? Um, yeah, I honestly felt like just so proud for it 
and really sad that it like perfectly executed its job over 20 years. It, it flies all the way there. It goes around the planet for seven years and then became like this spectacular meteor that nobody saw and then became nothing, right? It was like super moving for me. Even after I, I knew that it was, it was, you know, moving and I'm like, well, it's a piece of metal. Like this is just the dumbest thing ever. And then watching the, um, the NASA video with like the project managers, like hugging each other. It was just like, I don't know. It's very emotional. We are, um, strange animals. We humans. I'm working on a creative project right now that will start off as a role-playing game, but might eventually make it into computer form through a, a company I'm involved in. It's uh, mostly a modern tech-based game, but it branches into other genres. And the goal is to basically build a story arc that's designed rather than improvised. And I'm going to use like all sorts of different uh, creative elements that I've uh, that I've really enjoyed from like other mediums, like anime, you know, writing, um, you know, good drama like Game of Thrones or, or whatever. Um, really challenging. Like when I think about trying to do this well, it just, it quickly overwhelms both my IQ and my, and my creative, you know, capabilities, which is what I want things to do. I do it to myself often because that's how you grow. But um, really looking forward to this. I'm going to be building the uh, the combat system uh, over the next week or so, and then building the story arc. And if any of you are writers or designers or into fantasy or sci-fi or role-playing at all or whatever, you want to hear more about it, uh, happy to chat about it on uh, Twitter or email or whatever. And lastly, for notes, I have a friend who is, for various reasons, he is desperate to get an MRI done in Seattle. And uh, he's wondering about the best way to go about doing that. So he's tried to go through the normal channels. Um, I'm not going to go into the details. They are personal and private, but he's tried to go through the normal channels and has basically been told that he doesn't need one um, by one or two different doctors. And he is extremely smart and believes that he's done the research to know that they are in fact incorrect. And so the question is, if your life like literally depended on getting an MRI, but regular doctors won't listen to you, what are your options? So he's in the Seattle area or, or somewhere nearby. And if anyone is in the medical field or around Seattle or just happens to know somebody who you think could make this happen, and it's not like he doesn't have money, right? He can actually pay for all or at least some of this, uh, the scan, right? Um, would really appreciate if you'd reach out to me and, uh, help me help him. Um, just reach out via email. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, like there's a million ways to reach me. And um, I, I really want to try to get him some help if possible. So if you, if you can think of anything, let me know.
and recommendations for the week. This is Water. It is a must-see nine-minute video. It's one of the few things that's changed my philosophical mental model over the last several years. And I really hope it does the same thing for you. You should watch it. You should share it. It's fantastic. So the this is water thing comes from the opening comment, which is fantastic. Basically, it's two groups of fish swimming by each other, going opposite directions. And um, one one fish says to one of the ones that it's passing, it says, uh, yeah, the water's great today. Or something like that, you know, alludes to, you know, how good the water is. And they, they keep going. They, they pass each other and they keep going by. And like a couple minutes later, one of the fish is like, what the hell is water? Right? So that, that's the idea. So a fish sitting inside of water, they don't know what water is. Um, that might get you thinking about what it's about, but you absolutely should go watch this thing. Got the Godel Escher Bach uh, recommendation here. Um, promoted it to recommendations because I think it's that good. And um, how to perform a good programming interview. I feel like this is extremely needed in the industry. And uh, the Flowing Data website, which is that one about um, data visualizations. And uh, the aphorism for the week. Action is the foundational key to all success. Pablo Picasso. Action is the foundational key to all success. Pablo Picasso. That's it for this week. And I'll see you next week. All right. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget that you can get the show notes for this episode, including the links to everything mentioned in the companion newsletter at danielmiesler.com slash newsletter. And if you like the show, please share it with a friend or on social media. I'll see you next time.